y'all, do you want to create a high ticket program? Like a high ticket service that you can sell to anyone with confidence? Well, today I have my guest Laura on here and she is talking all about selling your high ticket program, even if you don't have that high ticket program yet. And this is for my service providers, not course creators, not coaches, but those who are providing done for you services. So I'm so excited. Let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 Serve Scale Soar family. I am so excited because I have Laura on the podcast today and we're talking all about those high ticket programs. And one thing is Laura and I are new to getting to know each other and we were just chatting before I actually hit record and she is a woman after my own heart. And we are going to dive all into why charging based on hour and how having a high ticket program could be the best way for you to scale your business. And so Laura, thank you so much for being on here and just tell my listeners who you are as a person and then about your business. Oh, love that question. Thank you, Brandy. So who I am as a person, I am newly 43. I just had a birthday this weekend, but if you're listening to this down the road, let's just pretend like I just had my birthday because I love celebration. Um, my desk is currently cluttered with flowers, which makes me very happy in my heart and my nose very unhappy, but I took my allergy medicine. I live here in Towson, which is right outside of Baltimore City with my husband, who is an amazing stay-at-home dad. We retired him five years ago, which I'm very passionate about as well. We have a nine-year-old kiddo and a 125-pound Bernese Mountain Dog. So that is who I be inside my real life. And my business is about supporting high-achieving, ambitious women to move out of six figures and into seven figures. And I'm a really big fan of helping people do that through high ticket sales and really understanding that sales is love and how to create transformation with it. So it feels good, but most importantly, you also create massive wealth. That's my goals. Ah, I love so much about that, but now I want to backtrack. So you uh, brought your husband home. I'm mm -hmm. like funny. I know like the word is retired and I use that word too. And I have this like, I'm hesitant to say retired mm -hmm. because when women come home to take mm -hmm. care of the kids or whatever, they're not retiring. So this is a word that like, personally, I just say you brought your husband home. I brought yeah. my husband home as well. So he's a full time stay at home dad. So yeah. were you able to bring your husband home because of your career? Correct. And I love how you said it too, because the way I normally say it is we actively use the word retire because that felt really good for my husband. And you're right. He picked up the job of running our household and he does all of our cooking, all of our cleaning, all of the primary parent support for our child. So you're right. He has a job, but we chose retired because he was working as a chef and had completely burnt himself out. And the fact that he wasn't able to just stop working he doesn't actually ever need to work again. And the way we were able to do that is the way that I built my business. And I have to tell you, we had that moment where I could tell he was hitting like some hardcore burnout, the typical signs, a lot of health issues, all the things. And I didn't do what most people do where they like save up all the money for his salary for the year and all the things. What I decided to do was book out in one month what he would make as a salary 
And then we released him for his job and a magical thing happened. The moment, like I can almost pinpoint like three weeks after he left when the decompression started, way my income just started rising up. Like everyone always thinks that once it's all on one person's shoulders, it feels like it is. And what I found was bringing him home actually gave me additional support, relaxed and released his stress and energy around all the things outside of our home. And together, our business is just rising. Oh my gosh, Laura, you're probably over here like, why is she smiling? My (laughs) husband was a chef. I don't know why we didn't know each other before this because my husband was a chef. So I know those like crappy hours, long hours, not being at home for the kids. We have a two-year-old. So I totally get that. And oh my gosh, that just brings me so much joy that you were able to do that. And the funny thing is, I think it's 78% of all of my revenue from last year. I brought my husband home August 1st of 2019. So we're coming up on a year and 78% of all my revenue came after he came home. And it's so insane. And we didn't do the whole saving up and everything either. I was like, as soon as I hit this number, we're leaving. We moved to Florida from Virginia. So I actually know very well where you're from. And yeah, it's crazy how that happens. Well, it's a lot of his energy. A lot of it is support. I think you understand about sales as well. Like when we can have dedicated space and time, like to actually focus on things. I think what happens is, especially for women, we take on 27 roles and our business. And I think the moment that we can have some shared, I love the word equity, not equality. And what we do, we have a rule in our family called the one who can does. And what that means is both of us as parents can do any of the things that are needed in the household. However, if it makes more sense for like, we give my husband the dirty jobs, like picking up the dog poop, you know, the, the really important things in life. It makes more sense for him to do that. And it makes more sense for me to be on podcasts like this and connecting and serving my clients and everyone gets to thrive. So congratulations. I'm excited. And I bet if I like my gut, my intuition says, if we talk a little longer, we're going to have like 27,000 things that we have in common. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. So I, this is fun. This is super fun. Okay. But I know everyone's tuning in today because they really want to know <laughs> about the high ticket programs yeah. and offerings. And so tell me in your words, because high ticket means something different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify this conversation is for service providers. We're not necessarily gotcha. talking about high ticket, like courses or anything like that. This is for service providers. So Mm -hmm. tell me in your words, what is a high ticket offering? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a word that I like to use a lot of times called premium pricing as well as high ticket. I kind of use them a little interchangeably. What I love about a high ticket is everyone gets it to their own self. So here's what I want you to feel that it is. It is the number that stretches you out of your comfort zone and has you step up and has your clients step up. Now I realize that's vagary because I do get it. Like $2,000 could be high ticket premium pricing for one person. $10,000 could be another. I always like to give an example of uh, one of my beloved clients came to me. I adore her. She does accounting, bookkeeping, CPA, profit first, like that kind of money side of your business. And it's very tactile agency. Like she and her team are in the books of the business. And so she was selling her prices for... $2.97 a month for her clients, exhausted, frustrated, broke. It's not working, ladies. It's not working. And when she came to me, we started talking about all the things she wanted to do. And then she mentioned this one client that she had that she was actually at like $3,500 a month because of the 
volume of their business. And I was like, I think we just hit on something that this price point is actually more reflective of what it feels good for the exchange for what you're doing. As soon as we adjusted and shifted that, we actually made her a new program that is like lighting my soul on fire, not just hers. That's like another key thing is like, I have to be like deeply in love, madly crazy, excited about my clients' businesses. What we created for her was a way to get to $950,000 a year with only about 13 clients. Ah. Now in order, yeah, in order for her to get there with 397, it became almost impossible. She would have had to have an agency that had, I don't know, like 50, 60, 70 employees She has two part-time staff members and I think one full-time who actually does the running of the business, not the client delivery. And it's going to take her 11 clients to get to 950,000 a year, which is fun. Yeah. I like this because I like less clients because it means you have less overhead when it comes to having people help. And Mm -hmm. so I like this, but I also like the fact that you said it's whatever stretches you and stretches your client. It's just like what success looks like to you is completely different from one person to another. And so a high ticket offered for me, maybe, you know, 50,000, but for someone listening right now, it may be 5,000 and that's okay. So I like that you defined it like that. And I want to go into though, she was charging 297. So Mm -hmm. how is she now going to create this seven figure year? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is really fun. This is what I do with all of my clients who have been traditionally selling at one price point and we want to leverage up into a new one and the, how it's going to happen. So number one, I like to look at a whole year of growth every single time I possibly can. It doesn't mean that it has to take that long, but I think what happens to most clients is that they get to this place and a lot of people who want to scale, they, it, they think it's like ripping off a bandaid and like you make the choice and you've got to get all the clients and boom, you're there. And I find that things happen way faster and way slower than we want, whichever it is that we want. It usually happens the opposite way. But if I can look at a 12 month cycle, it starts to become easier and calmer. I'll give you an example. One of my clients came to me who she was doing all the things. She actually had a six figure business and she was like, had all these different ideas, everything, everything, everything. And we narrowed her down to needing about 10 clients to get to about 250,000. And so I said, what I want you to do is I want you to take 10 months to bring on 10 clients, one client a month, nice, slow, and easy. That way you have time for onboarding. You can adjust, you can edit and adapt. She's an overachiever, so she did it in six months, which I love. But because we said the amount of time, it was actually able to go faster because she could see the plan. So here's what I like to do. Number one, we can look at your current client base and decide, do we want to upgrade anyone who currently exists either to your new package or dial them up one more step closer? We often do that. That's a really fun way to not need to go get new clients, but to simply bring them on board with your new packages. And the second thing that I like to do is be in touch with connections. And this, everyone always goes out there and does like big marketing moments. But for my gals, when you're running a service-based profession, the people who are around you are your best people to purchase. So I always ask people to do outreach with two categories of people they're looking for. One category is looking to your ideal client. So when you identify someone out in the world who looks like your ideal client, I want you to reach out to her and invite her to have a conversation. I did not say send her a spammy, gross, I can tell that your website sucks and you need to rebuild it message. Please, please, please don't do that. I want you to send her a message that is really and truly like exactly like what you said at the beginning, Brandy. Like, tell me about you before you tell me about your business. Like actually genuinely try to create a human connection and conversation. 
and then see where it goes. Difference when I teach my clients is how to do this so it turns into a sales conversation. And then the second thing that I like to look at in this is my favorite thing. This is like a write it down twice underscore it thing for my service-based gals. The people who are hiring you are hiring via their team most often. So when I want to bring someone on to do some of the work inside of my company, the very first thing I'm going to do is go to my current team members and say, who do you know who is awesome at blank? So what I want you to do is go find somebody who is adjacent to your service, who helps someone provide a different service to your same ideal client. Great example. Um, that's funny because I just did this on a client call. I'm going to turn my head and look at what I wrote. And it's under a piece of paper, so I can't see it. Uh, one of my clients who does DEI inside of corporations, what we identified was some of the people who need to actually hire this in, the corporate CEO who's making a decision maker, the CFO is not the one who's out on the boots on the street looking for it. They usually go to somebody who represents that in their company and asks, who do you know? So she's going to those people who are already employed by companies that are already doing a fantastic job with DEI to help interact and connect with them. One of my favorite things for doing this for like copywriters, I have a couple of copywriters in my world who I love. I, we go to the people who do the websites. So usually when someone comes to get, hire someone to build out a website, they're like, well, where's your copy? And people either have it, know how to write it or provide it, or they say, uh-oh, well, if you can have a copywriter in your pocket, they can say, this is my gal. She's magical and amazing. That is a strong place to be. So I want you to reach out to people who have adjacent services, serving your ideal clients and create relationships with them. So you become the one that they refer. I love so much about this because one of the things that people who listen to this podcast will know is I always say relationships over revenue. When you form authentic relationships, the revenue just flows. Mm -hmm. And as someone who now is going into the million dollar, I'm not searching in Facebook groups for mm -hmm. clients anymore. I went to one of our mutual friends, Rachel Dorsey, and I was like, who do you know for this position? Mm -hmm. And we'll link up in the show notes, the interview I did with Shanti Zach, we talked about the same thing. When you want to... And so we were talking about like, I have seven figure clients I work with. She has seven figure clients she works with and how we got these. And it's through relationships. It doesn't come through a Facebook group, Facebook groups, 100%. LinkedIn, all of that is great for scaling your business to a certain point. But then there comes a point where when you want to work with these people who can pay you the high ticket, it's not in a Facebook group. It comes from relationships. And so I love that you said that because both of those things that's all about relationship building. And I know for our Facebook ad managers that are listening, one of the relationships I have is with a copywriter. She writes launch copy. And so I do launch Facebook ad launches. So it makes sense that we share a lot of the same clients because my clients come and say, hey, who's the copywriter, you know? And I say her name and same thing for her. And so it is so much about relationship building from a truly authentic place and never expecting anything in return. I think that's the really important thing. Yeah, I love what you just said about that. I do a little exercise and I think you and I share some comment. I, I miss our live events and live interaction. I was finally just getting to a place where I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to do another live event and then, you know, stuff happens. But there is an exercise that I do at my live events and I do at my virtual ones as well, where I ask people to kind of stand up that I, I'm going to call on for a purpose. And I was like, look, here's what happens. Kelly can send Aaron a referral. Aaron will send... Tina a referral and Tina will send Laura a referral and Laura will send Kelly a referral. What happened was everybody got a client, but it doesn't have to go from Kelly to Laura and Laura to Kelly. I do really believe that 
the way that the universe works. And, you know, I love giver's gain. It's a great concept. But when you truly put out all the good into the world, do the actual helpings, show up, be excellent at your service, and you are continually giving referrals, it is impossible for them not to return back from you. But they don't, I can't remember the last time my referrals came from the source of the person that I gave the referral to. No, I can totally agree with that. And I love this because now I have a question for you. So when you're saying you're building these connections, are you teaching your students then to have like referral programs? Because for me, everyone always asks this question and I say, I don't have referral programs. I don't expect anything in return. I'm going to refer the people that I want to. And I just know the universe will provide. Like I'm not worried about like tit for tat and that kind of thing. I'm clapping, 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 wanting to like scream. Yes, yes, yes. So actually, here's what I've learned. Paid referral sources tend to actually disincentivize sending correct and aligned people. So here's what I do. Unless you're doing a very specific like Marie Forleo B-School style affiliate link tracking, selling something, I recommend staying far away from them. And then what? here's what I do. I bonus things to people who send me people their way. I will send them lavish gifts. I I bought one of my gals an espresso machine because she sent like three people my way. And I knew that made her feel good and it made me feel good. And again, because I, I like to reward and help people, but I will tell you, every single time I've done a paid experience of you get this because of that, it has soured. And so my recommendation is also, if you're teaching people how to have fewer team members, Affiliate tracking is a mofo. It is not easy. It is not fun. And it spends a lot of time and drains your revenue. So my suggestion is this. Go out in the world giving and you cannot help but receive. It's a law of the universe. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So now that we've talked about relationships and revenue, so let's say that someone is providing something like Facebook ads Mm. and they are ready, you know, they're at the $2,000 point, but they really want to elevate that service to the next level. And they come to you and say, what would it look like if I did this? What, what do you tell them? Oh my God, this is crazy because I'm legit having a call with one of my clients after this call who we just did this with her. So she was at about the 2,500 a month and we've actually brought her up to 4,500 a month right now. So here's again, what we did, which was very simple. So number one, I asked her to go help herself find some evidence that somebody else was charging this amount. And it sounds interesting because I actually recommend against looking at like who, what everybody else is charging because what usually happens is you go see what everybody else is charging and you drop lower, 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 lower. What I was actually suggesting to her is that she find positive evidence to show if it's true for her, it can be true for me too. So she did. She went and found actually two people who were selling at 45, one's at 7,500 a month for Facebook ad services. So once she saw that, we did a few things. One, we did what I spoke about earlier and we sent a notice to all of her current clients that her new rates were this amount and I'm putting my hand up higher and that she was doing a simple 15% increase for them that they'd see on their next bill. So for most of them, they didn't even get up all the way that high, but she created a 15% profit increase with one email. And I, I know what your people are thinking and feeling. They're like, but Laura, what if they left? Would you like to know the answer? Do you think any of her 24 clients left? No not a single one. 
they all respect her time, her talent, and her team. Because in that message, we explained in order to deliver the quality service, in order for her team to have dedicated space, time, and energy, this was what was required. And they were only required to spend a little bit more. So that was fun. And then the second thing we realized was that if we could turn over, her number is 30 clients paying 3000 a month gets her to her income goal. And I want you to hear what I just said there. Her new services are 4500 a month, but we set a goal that she could hit her revenue for paying for her team, for doing all the things she wants to do with them only having to pay 3000 a month and 30 people. So she's at about 24, 25 clients right now. And what we're doing is we're filling up the next five at the higher rate. And then we're going to rotate out the ones that come to completion and they will either rotate away or they will rotate up to her newer higher price point. It will probably take about eight or nine months to transfer everyone over based on her packages. But again, we set her up for success by showing how she could actually hit her income goal if everyone was only paying 3000 a month, not even the 4500 I love this because so many people come into business and they think that it's just going to happen overnight. And they see these overnight success and I will 100% be like people listen to this podcast and they see my business and they're like, it's an overnight success. And I show like, it's not, this is maybe online's new to me, but I've been in doing sales since I was 14 in restaurants. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just about one thing. And so I like that you explained to them, like, this is a year goal, not something that's going to happen overnight. Yes. It can happen so much faster. But when we give ourselves that breathing room, we also allow for things like Corona and things that are out of, you know, like kids and family and life happens and it gives us that breathing room. So we're not setting ourselves up for failure right off the bat. And so I like that you do that. And then also, I love that you set it below and they Mm -hmm. go over. That also sets people up. I would say that we should win early win often, and then celebrate the victories. And Um, hell yes. Yes. And so that's what you're doing. And I love that. So there's probably a big mindset shift that has to happen though, from someone going from 2,500 to then saying, okay, now I'm going to, my new people, I'm going to do 4,500. Do you see a lot of mindset happening? Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny because I, I say that I am a sales coach and consultant and I should say I'm a mindset coach and consultant. Yeah. But I do have some really wonderful friends who do some true mindset work. But what this is about is strengthening your belief in yourself, but also breaking past the barrier of what is proven. I always like to give this example. So one of my clients came to me and she was selling her program for 150 euros a month and doing like massive amounts of delivery, amazing transformation, like every goodness. And she came to me because she's really struggling. Again, can't get very far with that few dollars or euros. And what I said to her was, I'm like, why do you think people were buying this 150 euro program? And she gave me like all the reasons, all the excuses, all the everything. And I was like, okay. And I'm going to tell you what the true answer is. They bought it because that's what you offered to them to buy. Literally, ladies, I really want you to hear this. People are going to buy what you offer. Puppies in the background, just one puppy. He's very big. Yes. Okay. So with your mindset, the reason the gal was selling the 150 is because that's what she felt like she could provide. So we actually sat down and I was like, what would you love to be selling to someone? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, pick a number. And she's like, 
we talked about the value. We, most people don't understand happens on sales calls is equating value and transformation. So think about it for a second. Like if you're selling Facebook ad services, sometimes a person who is buying is thinking, how much is it per month? What you need to help them understand is what is the value they're going to receive? And I, what I mean by that is, okay, so you spend $4,500 a month on Facebook ad management. And let's say you even spend like 10 or 20,000 on Facebook ad costs. But are you bringing in 180 that month? That's a great value exchange, but most people don't put two and two together. So what I sat down with this gal who was charging 150 was like, what's the usually return on investment, but value exchange that's created by your work with this person? What are they creating? And what we nailed down was it was at least $4,500, not only worth of value, but exchange that would come back. So I was like, great. Here's your new program. It's $4,500, you know, three payments of $1,500, go sell it. And guess what? She immediately went and sold it. So why did people buy that versus the $150? Because it was what she was offering. It also, the moment she offered it and got the yes, it changed her belief. And that's actually what I want you to hit on is it's not just mindset. It's what we believe is possible. So what I usually do is I give my clients an assignment to go, this is why I love talking about creating a $100,000 offer and going and selling it. It's not for the purpose of selling it. It's for the purpose of saying it and then realizing your other programs are now not as, like I say my numbers like they're a fact. Have you ever been on a sales conversation and somebody's like, it's um, $10,000? And you're like, is it? I have a program that's $27,000. I have a program that is $100,000. I have a small little offer that's $4,500. And that's just what it is like it's a fact. I stand firm in my belief of what I can deliver. So I teach my clients, you know, a little golden nugget is I love to have them walk around their house. I'm like, okay, if there's people around, they're gonna think you're crazy, but guess what? Crazy people are very rich. Walk around the house and say large to you numbers, like 45,000, 150,000, 450,000, and get comfortable saying numbers like they're a fact versus a question. I love this because even if we're thinking about revenue goals, People will question your goals no matter what. People question, can I get to 10K without a team? And I'm like, you can. Like we have a whole bunch. Of, and that's why we celebrate wins Wednesdays in my group is because if one person can do it, then that shows what's possible for other people. But when we don't question numbers, like they're just numbers. So if you say mm -hmm. you're going to have a million dollar a year, it's a fact. Like Done and dusted. Yeah. And it's the people who question their numbers that then don't hit their numbers is because they're still questioning them and they truly don't believe that it's possible. And so I love that you have them like go around the house. I think that's so mm -hmm. smart and get comfortable with numbers because numbers create a lot of money mindset and things for people as well. And a lot of that's from childhood and things like that. So it's something that does take time to overcome. So you talked about getting confident, like saying, this is my numbers, like it's a fact on a sales call. And I guess it depends, but we're using sales calls and pricing very relative because the high ticket for someone won't be high ticket for others. So how long are the sales calls that you teach your students to have? Ooh, I love this question. So actually, here's the thing that I do with sales is I do not believe in it being a cookie cutter thing. I actually don't think everyone should do the same thing. We both buy and sell in different ways. So you're going to need to find your rhythm. I have some clients who have 
15 minute sales calls and sell $30,000, $70,000 items. I have some clients who have a two part sales call. So usually two, one hour and the second hour calls, and they can be selling something that's maybe 15,000. What's the difference? It really is aligning to how you sell and how your buyers buy. So here's what I do. I teach my five steps to yes, and they're very simple to go through to get to the place where someone is a yes or a no, which I actually believe knows ladies if you're running a service-based business a no can sometimes be the best thing that ever happens to you have you ever worked with the misaligned clients Ooh, they like take you away from everything but when you can go through those you're basically just going from the moment of connection once you hit connection you move on to the next one i call it listen and learn where you're finding out what their struggles are as soon as you know it you click to the next one which is their vision once you're clear on their vision you connect into giving your invitation to work together once you've gone through the invitation, you go into that close where you deal with any overcoming objections. How long should you stay there? As long or as little as you need. I'll tell you on a practical level what I do. I schedule a 15-minute sales conversation where when the person is clicking, they believe it's a 15-minute conversation. In my calendar, there is usually an entire hour booked out. And why do we do this? Because if I get someone on a call and in the first 15 minutes, I usually know probably within the first three to four minutes whether we're a yes or a no. But if we get through it and it needs to be a released call, I can send them on their way and that's 15 minutes of my life and their life and we're good and golden. However, if I know that I'm speaking to a person who actually needs to build a deeper relationship with me prior to purchase, because sometimes the person who shows up on your, I was going to say your doorstep, but your virtual doorstep, your acuity link, <laughs> they could have been consuming all of your content, know you completely. They signed up for the sales call. They are ready to buy and they just need to talk to you and make sure you're a human and you talk and they're ready to buy. Some people see you quickly click on, get on, have no idea who you are, what you do, how you do it or anything. And what they actually need is to create relationship. So I like to make sure I have spaciousness to do so because I cannot tell you how many times I have collected a credit card at minute like 67. And if I hadn't had some space there, I might not have gotten that sale. So I want for you to feel into what feels right for you. If your style and your client's aligned buying style 15 minutes, have the quick calls. In fact, I have a client and ladies, I really want for you to hear, listen into this because we purposefully put a really bad salesperson into place for her. It's part of her positioning because by the time someone shows up, she is so well known, such a premium experience that she needs to actually send people away and be more selective. So we put someone in who is a lovely person and magnificent. She's just, her purpose is not to actually sell. And she basically says, hey, you filled in this form so we know you're ready. Can you tell us why this is a fit for you? And you're like, what? And then you talk with her and it still feels good. It's a feel good aligned moment, but it's a qualifying experience versus an actual true sales call. And then one of my gals, again, like I said, two one hour calls because it's about nurturing and connection and relationship. And they both do the same thing. They just do it from different directions. I love that. I teach 15 minute discovery calls. And it's not to say like, don't only block off 15 minutes. I like that you block off an hour because I do believe that you need, even if it is 15, you just need decompress before you jump into the next thing, finish proposals, anything like that. But what I find is, especially when we're talking about people who are newer or they're not comfortable with sales, what happens on a longer discovery call, it's not about nurturing the client. It's about giving away strategy and uh, everything please don't do that. Please because don't do that, that makes them feel like if I give them all of this, 
then they'll believe that I'm qualified. So for everyone listening, y'all know that I teach 15 minute discovery calls, hear what Laura is saying, but don't use that as an excuse. Cause I know where Laura is coming from, but I know how a lot of my listeners will interpret mm-hmm. this and it'll be 60 minutes of them explaining why they're the perfect fit. And that is not what Laura is saying. No. And can I tell you why not to do it? Because I think sometimes once people understand why to do or not to do something, it clicks in and they choose it. So the reason why you should never, 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 ever, never, 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 never give away consulting or coaching or proving energy on a sales conversation is it actually client repulsive. It is not client attractive. What they actually feel, see, and hear is almost the equivalent of eating junk food. I'm not suggesting what you're giving is junk. However, if I got onto a sales call with you, Randy, and we're talking and you tell me something and I think I can fix your thing real quick and solve it, and I don't know anything about your business, I might have actually just given you bad advice. Even though it feels good and feels like I just helped you, it might not have actually been the right thing. And what also happens is people feel that junk food feeling like they just ate a bunch, but then they're hungry later and they don't, it disincentivizes the buy. So would you like me to tell you what to do instead so that you can actually, yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite things to give to my gals, especially the ones who get into proving energy. Like you want to be seen smart and qualified and amazing is this little thing you swap in for coaching or consulting. And it actually positions you as the expert And it gives you something to do as opposed to not to. Because you know when you're like, don't do it, don't do it. You're like, ah, it just came out of my mouth and I did it. So here's what we do. Inside of my five steps, we insert client success stories. And here's how to use them. When someone tells me what their struggle is, I validate their struggle and say, you remind me so much of my client, Susan. Susan was struggling with exactly the same thing you're struggling with. And we did X, Y, Z. And she got out of her struggle. And what just happened there was I positioned myself as an expert that I know what to do for someone in a situation like hers. What I gave out might have felt like strategy, but it wasn't. I'll give you a great example as I always use. This is a very common story. I've had a lot of people come to me who they've had like 30 or 20 or 40, a large number of sales calls. And like one person has bought or no one has bought. And usually I get on a call with somebody, I tweak their offer, I re-pitch it back to them so they can feel amazing about it. And they'll go and immediately after the call, like they'll have a 12K sale, pay in full, something like that. That happens very commonly. And what I just did was I showed that I hear them acknowledge, understand their struggle, know how to change it. I will sometimes even say a little bit of how we did it. And that soothes my like, I need to give you something so you know I know what I'm doing. But it lets you have something to do versus you just attempting to not give strategy and coaching because you cannot prove your way to value. You can't. It is all on the inside. When you know it, like you know it, like you know it, you don't have to prove it. I love that. And you'll notice everyone, if you've been listening, Laura has been inserting stories in through this whole (laughs) podcast episode. So I love that. Okay. So I want to wrap this up because I want to be cautious of your time, Laura, but tell me who is this perfect for and what steps do you need to have in place before you start offering a high ticket program? So is it like Mm. systems? You got to stop doing all the things. Like, what do you really need to have in place before this can even be on like, you know, because people have squirrel, shiny object syndrome. And is there a time where this isn't right for someone to like jump into a high ticket offer? Great question. Do it right this minute, like right now today. 
immediately. And let me refine my answer. So number one, if you're just starting out, start at high ticket, please. It's so much easier than going that hard route way. Whenever I see a client and we have to undo all the little low ticket, overextending yourself, undercharging, undervaluing, it's a harder road to hoe. (laughs) It is just a harder way to get there. So start out high ticket. The other thing is this, it's funny because you may be able to see it. You can't, who's listening here, but Brandy might, is I do these sales circles with folks where I talk about when to bring your clients on. Because another thing that happens with high ticket is I watch a lot of feast and famine show up because people oversell over onboard and they then have to serve everyone, serve everyone, and they don't do any marketing or sales. And then they those clients drop off and they have to start over again. So I'm a big fan of bring on one or two high ticket clients this month. And then guess what? Next month, bring on one or two more. And then you'll have three or four in month two. So like if you want to bring on 10 ideal clients in a year, most people try to get them all 10 at once. I usually like to recommend that you bring on three a month for three months. And then you also don't have roll off at the same time. So when you're going for high tickets, if you bring one or two people on, you actually don't have to do all the systems and the structure and everything because you can create the ship as you are the airplane as you are flying it. It's like the ship as you sail it. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> but if you can get yourself in that mode, and then this is the other thing I like to do with my clients. Okay. So let's say you are selling something that is like, you know, three, $400 a month. And ideally you really want to be at $2,500 a month. Don't wait to be ready to try to 2,500. Just go sell like 750 a month. And then the very next person sell a thousand dollars a month. And I want to give you another trick and technique that I do with myself and my own clients is what I've learned with human psychology is that when we think we just slap on a different price tag to the same package, we start to not believe it. So what I do is I make tweaks and adjustments in my programs every time I change the price point. Sometimes the tweak and adjustment is I rename the program or rename the package. I will also tell you this, nine times out of 10, as my price point goes up, the deliverables and what's inside goes down. Remember when I said I had a $100,000 offer? There's really actually only, I like to say there's two things in that program. It's kind of two. One is VIP days, so we can do long-term strategy and then custom one-on-one. Again, that's the same thing. It really is. It's just you and me together in different amounts of time. And then they get access inside of one of my highest level groups. And for that, we only meet twice a month. The person who wants to pay high ticket actually does not need as high touch service. And I just want everyone to catch that because we think it's the opposite way around. But when someone is paying for true value and transformation, regardless of what your service is, I will always think back on this. The clients that I have that pay me the most, I actually usually speak to the least amount. And I see that too, especially with my Facebook ad managers, because with them, it's They think that they have to provide like all this tracking and stuff. And when you're working with high ticket people, they already have the tracking in place. They don't need someone to update them on how much they're spending and stuff. They already know that stuff. You're just there to like get the job done. And it's the same thing with other things like my podcast manager. She's a premium price compared to other podcast managers. But like it's totally hands off. She tells me when to show up and that's what I do. I don't need to have a full discussion with her about how the podcast is going. And so I love that you said that. And one thing, because it is a psychological thing, we think that we have to like provide more if our prices go up. And for me, I always say, 
soon as you get a testimonial, someone says something nice about you, get a new client, a referral, that's when we raise our prices because that's when you're feeling at the peak. And so it's easier for you to be like, yes, I'm going to raise my prices. But I also love like making that one little tweak, even if it's changing the name, that's something so easy that people can do right now for raising their prices. So I love that, Laura. Okay. So before we wrap up, I love some rapid fire. It doesn't have to be the first word, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. What's your favorite part of your business? Mm -hmm. Sales. <laughs> like the, It's funny. It's very cliche, but it really is. The sales conversation is my most fun experience. I love marketing and sales. Okay. Your favorite software tool that you can't run your business without? Ooh, Zoom. Zoom. It's how I see and talk to my people. Mm -hmm. That's a new one. And I'm sure that that will be more and more <laughs> in the upcoming <laughs> episodes. Okay. So this is probably going to be a little biased, but what is your favorite conference you've ever been to virtual or live? Am I allowed to say my own event? You are. That's what I figured you would say. I would say my own. I have to say, and the reason why is because I created what I wanted. And I think you've experienced this too. Like when you've gone, I've gone to some pretty amazing events, but I find myself tuning out at certain times, being excited at other times. But honestly, I think for my own live events that I've held in the past, I curated what I thought would be amazing. And so I got what I wanted. And by default, in all the positive ways, so did the audience. And one thing is, I already told you, but I watched your training for when we had to pivot our live event to virtual. And I'm pretty sure that I heard this from you is the sending the text message before you start. Isn't mm -hmm. that your thing? We yep. did that at my virtual and people loved it. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Um, that's just something I'd never seen. And when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, that's genius. And so, because it is hard to sit for hours in front mm -hmm. of the computer. It's very different energy. So I appreciate that. That was such a great tip. Okay. So tell me the best piece of business advice you've ever received. Mm. I have to say, cause like 17 things were just running through my mind at the same time. Honestly, I remember working with a mindset coach a couple of years back and she was the one that basically said, people will pay what you are willing to sell. And I remember like absorbing it on a different level by the time we were done working together. And she helped me step into some of my highest and most premium packages. And I think that was really a game changer because I'd always sold high ticket in all other facets of everything I'd done. And then when I reclaimed this business the way that I have it, when I first started, I did sell low ticket. And it was weird that I had like forgotten something so important that I taught and I did for other people. But when I changed my own business to move away from, because I used to do done pretty sales and I did my own agency. Uh, when I started doing the coaching and consulting, I started back at the bottom again. And it's funny how you forget those things. So ladies, step up to your highest value. Oh, I love that. And Laura, this has been such a pleasure getting to know you and well. for you just to, I think the big thing that everyone can take away from this is just that we can all do it. It doesn't matter where we're at in our business and sales are uncomfortable for a lot of people, but they don't have to be. And I think you gave a lot of people that feeling that they can do this. And so for that, I appreciate you, but where can my listeners connect with you more? Excellent. So epic at sales.com is my website. I have a little fun and something great for everyone who shows up for my podcast where you can go to epic at sales.com forward slash podcasts. So E P I C 
letter A-T, sales.com. Come hang with me. I'm actually a real life person. You can search me online in any of the social media platforms. And if you private message me, I promise you I will respond. Ah, I love that. Thank you so much, Laura. You're welcome, Randy. This is wonderful. Y'all, that was so good. Laura dropped so many bombs on us today. And one of the things that I love that she talked about is this is just about believing in you and the value you bring. And how I always say it's about relationships over revenue. Start building those authentic relationships. And this is one of my favorite parts of SurfScale Store, the membership, is that I see people always building relationships. We've created a community where people can build relationships true and authentic with each other. And this helps you scale your business. And so if you want to hear more about that, head to servescalesor.com forward slash free and sign up for my free training and make sure you reach out to Laura and really just tell her your biggest ahas, connect with her and let her know what this episode did for her. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.